0: Hey everybody, welcome to Narrative Live on a Friday evening. Sorry we were a few minutes late, but we're very excited to be with you tonight because uh, we're continuing our conversation with Steve Hoffenberg, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's former business partner, who's here to keep telling us about Iran-Contra and also about Thomas Financial. Going back to November 25th, 1986, this is the day that sort of changed the world for Ronald Reagan. It's on that day where he could no longer pretend that uh, the Iran-Contra scandal was not beginning to tear away at his presidency.
1: Although not directly involved, Vice Admiral John Poindexter has asked to be relieved of his assignment as Assistant to the President for National Security Affairs and to return to another assignment of the Navy. Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North has been relieved of his duties on the National Security Council staff. I'm deeply troubled that the implementation of a policy aimed at resolving a truly tragic situation in the Middle East has resulted in such controversy. Did you make a mistake, Mr. Hold President? It. Did you make a mistake in sending arms to Tehran, sir? No, and I'm not taking any more questions. in just a second, I'm going to ask Attorney General Meese to brief you on what we presently know of what he has found out. Is anyone else
0: going to be like you, sir? Is anyone else going to be like you, sir? Most people chose. don't think about Jeffrey Epstein and Iran Contra in the same breath, but we're suggesting tonight that there is some sort of connection
1: there. Well, I know what the connection is. I don't think about it because mm. I know what Jeffrey Epstein did with the Leese family and with the Khashoggi people and in this Iran contract. Mm. Jeffrey Epstein had a role to play in his job. He was employed by a company that his CEO, Douglas Leese and his co-worker, Julian Leese and his brother, Nicholas Leese, they were all entrenched. In what you just heard mm-hmm. about President Reagan and Jeffrey Epstein had an important job in the arms sales. So Jeffrey Epstein made a lot of money from the arms sales in his job overseas after he left Asterns.
0: And he was working for whom at the time? For Douglas Lees who was working for?
1: Douglas Lees was the CEO of a large group of companies of arms dealers of uh, financial enterprises that moved money around the world. And he was very prominent in the UK and the Middle East. He had a tremendous deep relationship with Anon Khashoggi and Jeffrey Epstein was Douglas Lee's assistant in investment banking hmm. with Julian Lees, who's gonna come forward now and is going to enlighten everybody. Soon.
0: Uh, can you uh, just say what you just say again? You think Julian Lees is going to come forward to
1: cooperate? I think Julian Lees has a role to play. That's the most substantial role in the Jeffrey Epstein mystery, because hmm. Julian Lees worked side by side with Jeffrey Epstein in the eighties and nineties, and it's time for Julian Lees to step forward and explain. Was, was this he at was Towers Financial that he was, working, um, he was working? He was working on two or three mm-hmm. pages of responsibilities. One was his family lease companies mm-hmm. business, the other was Towers Financial, and the others were the clients that were serviced by all of those companies. In your offices? And Jeffrey Epstein work with him. In your offices or at
0: the lease offices?
1: Around the, around the world they didn't work behind the desk they mm-hmm. traveled around the world to do their jobs so let's go back a little
0: bit here that's big news by the way guys you you know Julian lease is uh you know of the principals who would know what Jeffrey Epstein did all those years Julian lease is one of those people who would know what happens particularly with the financial crimes and the arms trade Steve you work there right you work for the leases as well we mentioned this last week and I don't want to move beyond Lisa right now, that explaining why your role there was so different from uh, Jeffrey
1: Epstein. Well, I was invited by the leases and the others in their circle to do the similar work that Jeffrey Epstein was doing in the sales and intelligence gathering and I rejected that invitation to participate in that business, and Jeffrey Epstein undertook that responsibility, and others asked me this week, a matter of fact, as to why I rejected it, because I was offered a lot of money and a lot of opportunity, but I said the crimes were so great in America, different from the different countries around the world where they were operating, that I would not consider participating with them in that business.
0: So you were aware this was going to be criminal? Go ahead. You were aware this was going to be a criminal endeavor, or could be viewed as criminal?
1: There was no question that once you brought it into America, Hmm. North America, the United States of America, that would be illegal. There was no doubt about it. And it showed itself terribly so with what's taking place. Now, unfortunately, in the Jeffrey Epstein mystery, mm-hmm. that's why it's a mystery. That's why we're not seeing the transparency that we would all like to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve, how, how did you meet the, the leases? leases? I met them through political contacts in Washington and Virginia and York. Washington. What, what was, was happening, happening there with the campaign donations? donations? Yes, Lise was very political, and Lise wanted to be more political in the Washington circle, in the inner circle, inside the Beltway. And I spent a lot of time with Lise inside the Beltway in Washington, D.C., and I introduced him to a lot of members of Congress and got him very comfortable, and the members of Congress very comfortable with Lise. And then he and Epstein, they did what they did with Khashoggi. It was a very unusual time. And Zev has done a lot of connecting of dots here and is telling the untold story that Epstein made an awful lot of money in this business dealing with these other countries. And armament Mm -hmm. and money moving back and forth.
0: Let me ask you if, if it's if it's clear to say that Lee worked for the Queen, or did she did he work for the Royal Family? Or was he just broadly working for the MIC MIC, sorry?
1: You know, the inner workings of the Crown, the Royal Family, and the inner workings of an asset for the intelligence group in the United Kingdom, that's a special inside club. Right. That nobody's going to be able to go on air and tell you the step-by-step involvement that Douglas Lees had with the Crown, even though he was knighted twice by the Queen. But nobody's going to go on air and tell you step-by-step of what he did. But he's been published, and it's very focused that he was an asset of the intelligence gathering in the U.K., and a very good asset, yeah. very successful. We're going to go through a lot
0: more of his history in a bit, but I want to back up to 1981, which is when Donald Trump first encountered, or one of the first times he encountered, Adnan Khashoggi. When Donald Trump was staying at the Olympic uh, Tower, with a famed building um, that uh, was you know, part condominium, part office building in midtown Manhattan, very close to where your office was at Towers Financial. And he was living there for three years between 1981 and 1983, and it was this high-roller kind of environment. Adnan Khashoggi would throw these big parties, and uh, D- Donald Trump attended one of those parties, and he immediately, on leaving that party, decided to redo uh, his plans for the Trump Tower uh, because he felt so inspired by uh, what he'd seen. Can you describe what that time was like in the early 1980s as all this foreign money was showing up in America, and and some of it from criminal, or at least uh, not always legal sources like Adnan Khashoggi?
1: Well, you know, foreign money has been in America for a very long time. It didn't get invented in 1981, right. but the expansion took place on a much faster pace. On the investment side of foreigners into the New York circle of financiers, that became a very big business mm-hmm. in the 80s. And it started in the 70s, and it kept on growing and increasing. And President Trump was a very fast lane person. He socialized in that fast lane. He knew the people. He went to the charity events. He was friendly with everybody in that circle, did business with them, and selling them real estate for decades. And he was part of the group. Mm. Very popular man.
0: He was really a man about town and there's a really funny story, at least I think it's funny, that those two men, Adnan Khashoggi and Donald Trump, were both declared the, uh, the cheapest zillionaires in, in Manhattan at the time because they fell for a spy magazine stunt which uh, sent them refund checks at, at lower and lower amounts and only Adnan Khashoggi and Donald Trump of all the gazillionaires that were sent these checks were the ones who refunded them. So uh, even though they were very, very rich, they, they, still, couldn't, uh, they could, still couldn't resist the refund of 13 cents each in, uh, in the 1980s. What does that tell you about these well, gentlemen?
1: That, that's a funny story, Zeb of describing President Trump as being cheap. He gives away all his salary to True. charity, the donations to the government. So he might have changed his ways.
0: We'll have to try the studs again and see what happens.
1: But he he was spending a lot of money at that time. And yes. right? he was developing an empire at that time. And he was very close to Adnan Khashoggi and Jeffrey Epstein. Indeed. Very very close.
0: Indeed he was, because you know, when nineteen eighty six rolled around, uh, he gets uh, he gets first sign that he's gonna get that yacht, you know, that really incredible yacht that Adnan Khashoggi had. In nineteen eighty six he got the sign, he only finally actually got it in nineteen eighty. but in 1986 he got the uh, indication that he was going to get it. Um, And that's one of the first times we've come to realize that there is such a deep financial relationship between Adnan Khashoggi and Donald Trump. Do you know to what extent they were involved in business together?
1: They had uh, business arrangements and they were friends. And Adnan Khashoggi had an extraordinary personality of friendship with people. Everybody liked Anna Khashoggi. He was just that kind of a person. He was a very, very humble, very nice person. And President Trump liked him. And Anna Khashoggi liked President Trump. I mean, they were friends.
0: In fact, the story goes like this. Anna Khashoggi loans $50 million Uh, from the Sultan of Brunei, Um, and he then reneges on that loan, and it's in that loan default that the Sultan reclaims the yacht, and he sells the yacht to Donald Trump. That seems to be like a scheme. It doesn't seem like that's really what happened. It seems like the Sultan of Brunei, maybe in Adnan Khashoggi, were trying to figure out how to get the assets out of the Khashoggi estate as he was about to declare bankruptcy, and that Donald Trump may have participated in that.
1: What do you think? Well, that's a very, very unusual question Mm -hmm. about moving that asset out. There's no question that the boat, the yacht, was part of the collection of assets, and there was no doubt that Adnan Khashoggi was in financial stress, and he was facing problems, but the question of how to remove the asset from the estate and satisfy a creditor of the estate that is the very interesting point of law hmm. because you can't do that in america right you could do that in the middle east but that transaction took place in new york city The transfer of the yacht took place in New York City. It probably was registered outside of America, but the yacht was docked in New York City, so it would have jurisdiction and venue. Mm. And it definitely was in the estate, and it was then out of the estate. So your allegation is serious. The yacht was in the estate of Khashoggi, and then it was removed Mm -hmm. And paid for by President Trump. Right. That occurred. Were you ever on the yacht, by the way? Yes.
0: And were you aware at the time that it was wired to Gills with cameras that you may not have seen?
1: No. No. It was? No. Well, I believe you, Zev, that we found so much camera videos and camera taping dealing with Jeffrey Epstein, anything's possible. Right. What was it like on board? It was a beautiful vessel, magnificent. Very, very nice, very expensive, very rich, very special, hmm. super rich. Yes, would be the appropriate uh, word description.
0: Right. And then comes along Tom Barak, uh, who you mentioned last week. And then on, I think it's the Black Monday of uh, of 1987, that he does this deal that gets him the Plaza Hotel as part of a group of hotels, uh, and he does it by sort of forcing the hand of the sellers uh, on Black Monday because they were desperate for an offer, and he was able to get a real deal. So he buys the Plaza Hotel for 250 million dollars, and then he basically hands that prize, you know, the crown jewel of this whole thing, to Donald Trump for 410 million dollars. A little bit later, so they've got an, another sort of Saudi-inspired, I should say, maybe influenced, but I suspect paid-for deal by um, Thomas Barak to to take this Plaza Hotel and basically hand it over to Donald Trump at a at a real discounted
1: price. Well, consider that Tom Barak was running assets or managing money or administrating money for the Middle East for most of his career, including now. And he did buy and sell assets of sizable value, and he was very close, one of the closest business relationships to President Trump. So the answer is, there was a deep relationship there, and the values or the appraisal of the Plaza Hotel, I think it was double the price of what Tom Barack's company paid for it oh, yeah. that, he, that he sold it to President Trump for. Yeah,
0: President so
1: Trump got President, a deal. Trump, President Trump didn't keep it very long. Well. That's true. He resold it. He resold it.
0: Support Narrative's independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative and check out our podcast wherever you get your podcast and don't forget to subscribe and download